0: you're listening to the 405 exchange podcast my name is ken grand and today's episode is with kimbra yes the incredibly talented artist from new zealand who calls new york a second home this is one of those examples of why i love new york because one way or another you end up being in close proximity to people you both admire and respect and that has been the case of Kimber the last couple of years, whether it be performing at Pioneer Works or National Sawdust, it's been really incredible seeing her challenge herself and her craft throughout the last few years here in the city. Her latest album, Primal Heart, showcases how the city has played such a large part in inspiring her creativity and how evolution continues to be at the crux of Kimber's goal as an artist. It's been four years since her last album, The Golden Echo, but if there's one thing that Primal Heart excels at, it's showing us that it was damn well worth the wait. This is the 405 Exchange with Kimbra. Enjoy. So you know, something that's really intrigued me about you as an artist over the years is like, it feels like even within your albums, you can tell that you're always continuously trying to figure out yourself as an artist, like you're always willing to change yourself. I wonder, what did you feel was different after touring for the Golden Echo?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I I felt changes in my own personal life, of course. I mean, that always has an effect on the record that I go to write. Um, I've changed my life setup quite a bit for this record as well because I wanted it to um, kind of serve my purpose more, which was to be more intimate and, and, and sort of personal with my audiences. The Golden Echo was an album that had so much um, color and density and imagination, and that's why it was so great to have a, a more full band for that. And um, But for this record, I wanted something more, um, let's see, I mean, instinctual and sort of uh, i wanted to search in the spaces in between and kind of find more nuance and texture in the live performance um not just you know being loud all the time so yeah i wanted to play more with dynamics and that's why we have a slightly different setup and you know everything's a reaction to the last thing so with this new album i wanted to do something different to the golden echo i felt myself maturing as a person as an artist and you know ready to kind of share myself in a in a slightly more, you know, direct way than I had
0: before. Yeah, you know, for some people, it might feel like you've been gone for quite a bit, but you've been really busy, especially in New York. And I want to ask you about some of that stuff because it's been really cool seeing how ingrained you've become within here in New York. I mean, you've done a lot of interesting things. And uh, one of those things being, um, like, a couple of years back, you did that, was ec- that Ectotech show at Pioneers Works. I know that was a while back, but I feel like that was such a significant experience for you. I'd love to hear you talk about that.
1: Yeah, no, I think all of that stuff has really informed um, this new kind of movement for me, or new record. Um, You know, you're right, I have been really busy. I've been kind of, you know, I think you came along to the National Sawdust show, is that correct? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the Selfie uh, show. That's right, yeah. So I, you know, that was the first time I ever tried out that three-piece electronic incarnation, um, and that's what has now gone on to be, you know, my main uh, way of touring, you know, and so I was trying a lot of things out in the... Um, the space that New York offered, which is a little bit more of a kind of I don't know, you know, low-key environment where I could just be in a venue and, and experiment and see what worked um, and of course doing improvisation with Exotech was like an amazing way to just, again, try out different ideas and, and get really comfortable um, with new sides of my voice that I might want to play with on the next record and again, there was something anonymous about that whole experience, you know, it wasn't advertised as being a big you know <laughs> Kimber show or anything it was just all about this community of musicians um so it gave me that chance to kind of be a little bit out of the limelight but still doing a, you know a, a lot of music and a lot of um experimenting so yeah i think all of that has played into my uh my new kind of sound and my new hmm, kind of intentions with music which is to kind of approach it from a slightly more um spontaneous
0: place yeah you know what really struck me was i saw you a couple weeks back at uh brookwood steel and i was one i remember on my way to the show thinking i wonder how different this show is going to be from the last time i saw you even the last time i saw you when you performed with the touring for the golden echo and what was interesting to me is that you did have the vibe with like the three piece and kind of like a bit of a dark vibe but there was still like some light and levity to the show like it was it didn't feel like the entire show was encompassed by one specific theme it felt like you were able to draw in from all your different um skill sets and experiences like does it feel like on stage that there's a lot of like um range within yourself as you're performing like do you feel that as a performer
1: yeah definitely i think of it as kind of you know a, a, a journey for the audience right you, you're you're sharing new material which is kind of different for people and maybe not as digestible as some of the songs they know but then you're also taking back to things that they are more acquainted with but you know I explained this to my audience sometimes that songs like Settle Down for example they mean different things to me now you know so I'm kind of growing and evolving the live arrangements so that they feel more authentic for me to sing now being 27 um, But that's kind of drawing from yeah my experience in the current time but also drawing from what made that song special when I used to sing it years ago as well and I, I, I do believe in kind of finding a way to marry all of those albums and marry all those experiences. Because like you said, I mean, I don't really want to be an artist that is, um, completely self-indulgent with their audiences, you know, just doing whatever they, they feel like and not giving anyone what they, you know, still want to see. Um, so I still like to be able to share, um, a spirit that is maybe familiar to people. But in saying that, um, I really believe that my fans will um, be most uh, moved by a live experience if they see me inspired as an artist. You know, if you see an artist on stage um, really in their own skin and really immersed in the music they're creating, it makes for a far more inspiring performance than seeing someone kind of go through the motions and try to repeat a moment from the past that no longer feels truthful to them anymore.
0: Yeah, I definitely got that vibe when I saw you live. Like it felt like as long as you were enjoying this, you just knew that people would be enjoying this too. I really love that. Thank you. I'm glad that awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I wanna ask talk about the album specifically a little bit more. Like where was your headspace when making this record? And actually I imagine it changed day to day, but what would you say was the connective tissue of this experience, emotionally speaking?
1: I think of conversations I had with different collaborators when we sat down to to write music. I mean, I I had a lot of things sort of sitting around at the time, but I did a couple of sessions early on, one with my guitarist collaborator, Time and Martin, and I remember us having a conversation saying, you know, let's be really disciplined about this process. If something isn't feeling important, then let's just move on, let's scrap it, you know, and let's not sit playing with a song for hours that has a great vibe, but just doesn't really give you that feeling of, ah, I, I, you know, I feel like I've known this song in my life. We really wanted to hunt for that feeling of inherent, what is it? Um, you know, just that sense of knowing when you hear a song that you just know connects with you and speaks to the human experience and kind of feels, um, yeah, like you've perhaps known it before without, ever hearing it before you know and i I just (laughs) i i really wanted to search for that moment um with all the people i wrote with and so i think that was quite an yeah intentional part of the process and and honesty you know like trying to find lyrics that really spoke to something that touched on maybe something a little unsettling inside me you know really trying to push for that rawness um another thing was space you know i'm i'm very good at sing every moment up and a lot of decoration and <laughs> million backing vocals and everything but this time I, I just really wanted to let certain lines just sit you know in a space and let them I mean I think there's certain artists that are brilliant at that like I think of even Frank Ocean the way he can make music that you know he just only needs to say like four words and just let it sit in the space and it can just hold so much weight and texture and meaning um and I think I felt a new confidence to kind of reveal myself in that way Because you do need a lot of courage to do that, you know, if you're maybe starting out, kind of want to decorate everything so people don't get bored or something, you know, but as you mature as an artist, I think you, yeah, you gain a little more confidence in um, simplicity.
0: You know, what I love about that is you have all this going on, but you still have this very, like, undercurrent of an element of fun that's still within the thread of some of the songs. Like, I think of a song like Top of the World, which to me is such a statement of a song. I mean, how did that song come together? Because there's so much different things going on there.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, The beat, basically, I've made friends with uh, Sonny uh, Skrillex, and we met, like, Coachella and... He was showing me some stuff he was working on and this was at a period where i was just meeting a lot of people and kind of learning like what do i want to say on the next record and yeah so he showed me that drum beat um at the time it was just the drums that you hear at the opening of the song that's really all there was to it um and i started singing along ideas i was like dude this is yeah this is dope and he loved what i was singing which was basically just a drone like a wah wah wah, wah, wow that kind of sound you hear at the start that's me singing and then he just said, let's hit record, you know, and that became this instrumental that, you know, he was kind of shopping it to rappers uh, at different moments because we thought maybe this would be cool for, yeah, you know, someone else to kind of get on and rap on. But then as I kind of that with the song, I started experimenting with it and thinking about, oh, well, what if I kind of tried my, <laughs> put my thing on this, you know, and I did a session with Donald Glover and we were jamming on that song and I remember him really encouraging me and saying, man, like you should, you should go for it. And like, I love the way you sing rhythmically and like, maybe you should, you know, try a different style. And I remember that, yeah, just really encouraged me. And I'd, uh, you know, been really immersed in the political climate of America at the time, maybe more than ever in the past. And I, you know, I felt there was this urgency and sense of protest to that beat, you know? And I suddenly just, you know, started thinking, well, uh, maybe I'll just finish the lyric to this song and, and go for it and, and make it make it my own rather than thinking about who would do it better or who this would be good for, you know? So that was quite an, an empowering moment um, and one that, yeah, wow. Skrillex, John Congleton supported and said, yeah, I reckon you got this.
0: <laughs> wow. And you really, you know what I love about hearing that story is the fact that it's it started in that way where it kind of had this like unsure origin but you really took ownership of that song once you did add your vocal to it like i mean i think about that second verse in particular where and i mean this with respect but it almost has like this kind of kanye type of bravado to it like it kinda has that type of vibe but it's such it's so you at the same time like that's really amazing you're able to do that i really
1: appreciate that yeah thanks so much it's uh i don't know i guess maybe it's a style I've been moving towards I'm subconsciously, you know, is this kind of very rhythmic sort of um, dry, direct style of performance. Um, and it was just cool to be, yeah, given that encouragement from artists I respect to be like, yeah, you know, step into that space. Um, and I'm, I'm really glad that I did. You know, Primal Heart feels like a record of emergence for me, you know, really emerging from the layers and the, the characters and the sort of dancing around the edges and kind of moving into the core.
0: Yeah, you know, talk to me a bit about Human. It's another track that's you, yet it's so different. And I feel like the primal nature of this song feels quite more subtle and almost just a little bit more sinister and fierce in some ways as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it started in a very kind of gospel space, like uh, Robin Hannibal um, was in the room and we were jamming that and um, he kind of began that piano riff and i remember just being really moved by yeah it almost felt like an old spurch and you know song and i i don't really know where those lyrics came from but they kind of just flowed out very effortlessly this idea of i've got a heart that's primal because i need your love for my survival and this kind of inner knowing this i know what i know what i know i just it, it just flowed out and i i you know i spent time finishing the rest of the lyric of course but most of it happened in that moment and it felt very special and very kind of eerie and, you know, um, mystical, you know? And then from that point, um, I developed the song a lot and, you know, kind of felt like it needed more punch. It was like, it was kind of a ballad. I mean, it was just like the piano and those that vocal, you know? It sounded more like some kind of like Adele song or something. <laughs> in a way. But then but then one day, my friend had been working on this beat um, for like a remix of the song, you know? Because he's like, I want to remix this and like put this beat over it. And I was like hold up, this is exciting. And so I grabbed the beat that he'd done and I just tried putting it over the demo, timing it, you know, and all of a sudden this song just felt so much more important and exciting and kind of, yeah, it felt like the heart, the the, the heartbeat that 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 song needed, you know, that, and you, like you said, that fierceness, because there is something very fierce about proclaiming your humanity and your vulnerability, you know, I mean, that song is finding strength in kind of, experience of human suffering and sort of acknowledging that and, and, and announcing it to yourself and to the world so it needed that sort of um that drive underneath it i think
0: yeah and you, you've done that beautifully and also within the music video i feel like what's really interesting with that video is how much is conveyed especially of how expressive you are with um your eyes particularly i think that's really i mean the video is out already but i imagine that must have been really blowing people away just how your eyes kind of go into people's souls within that video it's really interesting
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: yeah i mean do you it's interesting because i want to touch on this a little bit specifically with human and top of the world because they're both songs that have videos that accompany them and i feel like something that's interesting with videos there's times where i imagine artists are afraid that the video will be the only thing that come into pe- comes into people's heads when they hear the songs. But I feel what's mm. beautiful about these two videos specifically is I feel they speak so beautifully about those songs in particular. I mean, do you feel mm. quite proud of those videos? I feel like they represent your songs in quite a beautiful way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I mean, the f- if you think about it, the first videos I've done where I'm literally the only character in all of them, you know? I mean, that's been a very intentional thing for them record campaign as well is i've usually always involved you know i've had a lot of wonderful dances and previous video clips i've had you know kind of iconic young, young children accompanying me in songs like settle down and a cameo lover and you know the primal heart was really about stepping into that space of the self and 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 kind of and yeah like i said stripping some of those elements away and it was kind of scary for me you know i was like i don't know if i can hold these videos alone i think i need we need a, a you know a guy in it or a lot of you know other the dancers or something and it was like both the directors that have worked on these videos were like no you got this you know and I think again that's that encouragement and that kind of sense of stepping into um your own skin that's really important and growing as an artist
0: I love seeing you having that ownership and I feel like this record within all that it's pretty much going to be a symbol of like ownership of your art I mean you released these tracks already and there's I mean these have kind of turned heads within your fans and I love it but I specifically want to ask in regards to Primal Heart, what do you think it's going to be that's going to surprise people the most when they hear the album in full?
1: Hmm, good question. Um. It's, it's so exciting uh, thinking about the album coming out, because I uh, I just can't wait to hear what people make of it, you know, and what they, they feel when they listen to it. I think, you know, there'll be a sense of intimacy in the record, not in the sense that it's all ballads or something, but like the voice is very upfront and and exposed and kind of you know more so in the past there's a a real sense of um a storyteller um in all the songs i think people will probably be surprised maybe as they always are on my records that you know there's, there's still a lot of experimentation of genres throughout it um but more so than other albums there's kind of a very strong thread that connects these these tracks um and i think that is um well, how would I put it, the sense of, yeah, like the, the, the human experience really, like each of these songs touches on something that all of us kind of go through, whether that's ambition or ego and greed or striving or kind of um, spiritual transcendence or, or cycles. I mean, I, I want to speak to the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, and I think that's what connects these songs is that I, I feel that we've all experienced these uh, different emotions um, or sort of situations in our lives, and it, for me, that feels like a very unifying album, um, less sort of surreal and um, up in the clouds, and a little more grounded in uh, reality.
0: Yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to hearing it. You know, I only have you for like two more quick minutes here, but I do want to touch on. Uh, I mean, well, first, I want to thank you for taking the time because it's been great to catching up with you again. Um, I do want to touch on how great it is that how you've had King as the openers for your tour. I mean, for me, I feel like that makes so much sense, but i love to hear how this came about, because that's really fucking cool.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just a huge fan, so it's pretty simple. I was just like, uh, you know, I always suggest people to my booking agents when I'm about to go on a tour, and we're looking for openers, and, um, you know, I was really into those girls and listening a lot to their music, and so I I think it was just as simple as that. I just asked my agents, like, would they be down? they were super keen and it worked out for a bunch of the shows so yeah i love when things happen that way you know it's just like a mutual appreciation of each other timing works out and you know you make friends for life and introduce your fans to so much amazing music
0: yeah and it was beautiful brook and Steele just saying how much your fans were listening like how much they were vibing to it like that was well, amazing
1: yeah i have really really attentive fans. It's amazing. I really, really love music and really want to discover new shit. So I feel really blessed. You know, people aren't just like sitting there waiting for a song. They know they want to have an experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, before we like finish this chat, I mean, as an artist, does that feel quite like validating and liberating in a way, knowing that you can make music that feels at least relatively different than what people expect and have them respond in that way. Because I still remember within that Brooklyn Steel show, when you first came off in that first track, even though the fans knew it was different, they were they were there for it. Like, they were really taking to it.
1: Yeah, I really think it's about building a trust with your fans. And when you've kind of entered into their heart, um, you know, they'll go anywhere with you. And they trust the voice behind it. They trust the sort of... Of, of the song even if it feels different and I, I I think my audience seems to trust that I sing everything from a very truthful place um, so you know they can they can join me in that experience even if it goes places they, they weren't expecting so I feel grateful that I've set up that kind of career you know that, that isn't um, always you can't always see the next move that's coming <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's been great being a part of it. Kimber, thanks for finding the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'm on top. I'm on top of the world.
1: See me up. See me up. With the diamonds of pearls. I'm on top. I'm on top. I'm on top of the world. And they can top. They can top. But I got the good word.